This is the Pipkin and Turnbull Show. It is episode 34. It is January 12th, 2020, 21. Uh, we have an awesome, I am fired up, ready to go today. Uh, we are, <laughs> we are, we got babies, chihuahua, and internet problems, but we're going to make it through. We'll make it through. We'll figure it out. All right, Jamie, what are we talking about today? All right, so for today we're gonna we will continue our look at the um at division NFL divisions, and today we're gonna look at the AFC North, um break it down, look at the two teams that are still in the playoffs, and um what the other teams are gonna do in the off season to get to the playoffs, um and then we're going to look at quarterback rankings for the 2021 draft class, just. Who we think is gonna the top quarterback? Who we think is you know gonna make teams and uh, just kind of break it down? Um, and then we will look at the best and worst things um, and uh, preview some matchups. So with that, Caleb, this uh, the AFC North is more of your division, <laughs> so uh, let you kick it off. Yeah, I think uh, you know obviously when you got a division uh, with three teams represented represented in the playoffs. Uh, you have a lot of great competition going on, obviously. Um, but the one team, you know, I want to start off talking about is the team that actually didn't make it into the playoffs, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, what's interesting about this team is we've been kind of looking at them the last couple of years. I've kind of toned down, or I've I've given you such a hard time where you said the Cincinnati is back after after they lost to San Francisco, uh, and you said it's all about Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I've been quiet about it, but anyways. But moving <laughs> forward, I, they they aren't quite yet back, but I think Joe Burrow no. is pointing this team in the right direction. Uh, but it's gonna be interesting to see on you know after I think he. ACL MC and MCL injury to his knee. Um, so this is a big injury that he's coming yeah. off of. Um, and, and this whole season we've been talking about like, how can you protect your asset? And so that's really what they need to do in this draft is realize, I feel like they've gotten their guy. And so that's, that's probably the hardest thing as a team to realize is, do you have the guy? And I and I think yeah. Joe Burrow in the time that he played uh, proved um, that he was the guy. He kept them in games where they shouldn't have even been in, um, and he's been mm-hmm. a drastic improvement. Um, you know, he he made the biggest thing I could say about Joe Burrow is just he's a quick decision maker, um, and he's much more athletic than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, and I think and I think they've got some young stars on the defensive side that they can build on at Cincinnati. Um, and so, you know, for me in this draft, um, it's really, uh, you know, where can we fill in some parts, especially on that line in the trenches? Um, because this is a division where you're facing uh, great defensive upfront guys, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh with TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward. I mean, you've got, um, you've got miles Garrett, with the Browns um, and Ravens are always putting together a good front um, seven. So, I mean, this is, this is a division where you've got to protect Burrow. Um, I don't know. Did you see Cincinnati any differently? Um, You know, they, they, they're a team that I believe is on the cusp. 
You know, they're they're right there. And there's some stuff they need. They there's some contracts they need to offload. Um AJ Green being one of them. Um he has made it painfully clear that he does not want to be there. And uh I would uh welcome that. Um and you know the the thing is with Cincinnati is where do you go in the draft? Like do you do you look at uh, weapons for Bur- Burrow, or do you look at protection for Burrow? You know, where do you go with that first round pick? Because that's gonna ultimately, usually, kind of decide what your season's gonna look like. And so, do do you do you trust the line enough, or can you get guys in free agency, or do you go like Devonte? Do you, do you sign that? Do you? Uh, draft that wide receiver that is going to be able to grow with Joe and um, stretch the field for Joe. You know, like there's a lot of questions for Cincinnati. Um, I I don't think next year they're at best next year with they could do everything right this offseason. And I could see still see them maybe going eight and eight, seven and nine, I think is more realistic. Yeah. Um, but th- that's going to be a team I would say in the next couple years that I I would really keep an eye on in the AFC. Um, Cause I, I think Joe is, I wasn't sure on Joe um, at the start of this season. You know, I just didn't see anything. I, I think I was just looking at different things than everybody else. But um, as the season went on before his injury, I saw someone that I, was playing above his year and he wasn't playing like a rookie to me. And I felt like he um, he he's just a couple years away from being one of the best quarterbacks in in the NFL. And but he the Cincinnati has to help him. And um, but it's just where they start is still a question mark for me. Yeah, you know. Um, so it, it's really interesting. Uh, Cincinnati's a team that yeah keep an eye on them. Um, but I would see them making a playoff push. Um, if they do everything right, um, in about three to four years, I feel as a, a realistic um, ex- expectation for yeah, them. I have no question. I mean, and right now, I think they're predicted right now to go an offensive tackle, which is exactly where I would go at at five. You get, you get yeah. the very best. You, you, I, like I said, if you didn't think Joe Burrow's the guy, then you know those que- those things of you know other talent you could bring up, but. You you found mm-hmm. the guy and now, listen like like I've said for years I, you know I've never seen, even in a draft class like last year and as great as like a Devonte Smith is, I've never been a big fan of going skill players in the first round. I mean just because the talent there's a severe drop off in talent when you look at offensive and defensive line linebacker the trench type players you know it's harder to find in these later rounds i mean that's just just that's Mm. just the scope of college football uh because and and the reason being is like the athletes have changed i mean uh, offensive linemen you have got to be an extreme athlete to go against where you're trying the where you've got faster faster d line faster outside linebackers faster cornerbacks i mean so you need like, like, I know, you know, as an offensive lineman, like, but these guys are extreme athletes uh, that, that you yeah. were trying to draft, and there's very few of them. And so, 
uh, finding these guys, uh, you've got to, you know, my, you know, you've got to spend your, your, your stock on that. But then also, like mm-hmm. you said, I'd be happy to offload AJ Green, uh, but I don't, you know, I, I don't know what you, you know, even. I mean, even, you know, I think the highest you may get is a fourth or a fifth. I mean, that's that's the highest. Yeah. I don't even know if you'd get that high. Yeah. Get back. But I would take it. At this point you in his career, it. I would probably say a six. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but then, you know, we haven't even, you know, I mean, that's what's so interesting about this division. We haven't even talked about the other three. Um, mm. And, you know, I've been... I've been trying to to hold back my frustration with my Steelers, uh, but there's a little frustration coming <laughs> from there, you know, um, especially when you have an eleven and zero start and then finishing out one and five. Um, it's the exact yeah. opposite way that you want to finish a season, you know, and that's that's what's had me worried about this Pittsburgh Steelers team all along, is that they weren't beating good teams. They were barely beating bad yeah. teams. And their biggest, you know, up to that point was when they blew out the Browns in their first game. Um, and so yeah. that was kind of their biggest victory uh, leading up to the other games. Uh, you know, I, I, at this point, after watching the game, you know, Big Ben, it was the first time. And and this is coming from me just looking at the stats. Um, and me, I will eventually go back and watch more of it. But I'm still frustrated because the, the Steelers are are too good of a team to get down 28-0 in a playoff game. It's just, um, yeah, you know, enforcing the issue. Um, uh, you know, I'm frustrated with even Juju, you know, putting out a quote that he did for the Browns, giving that kind of fi- firepower to him. Uh, because listen, this this Steelers team is very talented at a lot of positions and um you know you know as much as i'd like to say you know is it tomlin is it ben you know throughout the season i mean ben is the reason that they are 12 and 3 you know i remember yeah. messaging you i was like man you know i you know it's been time maybe up but then i've been sitting on that thought the past couple of days and i was like well he's probably the main reason that they've gotten to this point in this season based on his quarterback play and based on what they were able to do last year. And I think, I think that's the hard part right now in Pittsburgh and what what's happening there is they've got to look at everything at this point to figure out how did we go 12 and three and how did we, um, how did we start so flat in that Browns game? Because listen, I mean, they, I mean, the second half, if they would have started that the way that they finished, I mean, the game was 48-37. And I yeah. still feel like um I still feel like all the pieces compared to all the pieces to the Browns, um, that the Steelers are a better team. Uh, you know, you look at Big Ben's number 37 and 14 uh, touchdowns, and he's got 14 interceptions. He threw for four thousand over four thousand yards. A good season by Big Ben, um, and then you look at all the threats that they have at wide receiver, and then their defense. It's just, yeah, you, you know, you can't come out and play flat. You know, you can't look at the previous game and be like, "We barely beat you." You, you know, you barely won without having our starters. You know, and so all this mentality is being, you know, placed with that. Um, and so, 
Uh, that was my kind of frustration with with the Steelers. Um, you know, because the Baltimore and Cleveland, I think, are trending at the right time, especially Baltimore. Mm-hmm. More so for Baltimore than I would say Cleveland. Um, you know, yeah. that was my first initial thoughts for that game. Yeah, um, man, Pittsburgh for me, like I was watching that game and I, I I didn't really give Cleveland a chance in that game because honestly, they shouldn't have had a chance in that game. Like Pittsburgh is a juggernaut that don't know how to be a juggernaut, you know, and they've had some they've had some uh, injuries. Their linebacker core was depleted. Um, but, you know, that's still just as an overall team, the, the feeling I was getting was they, they were playing like they didn't want to be there. It was, it was little like their mistakes that were, they were making. These were like preseason week one mistakes. Yeah. You know, these, this is stuff that, you know, you should have like the snap to Ben that resulted in that touchdown that stuff, you 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 just don't do that. You know, that's not mistakes that you make at this point in the season. And so, you know, I, I don't know what mentality-wise, I don't know what was going through their heads. And, you know, and they were showing flashes. Like, later on in the game, you know, there was a point when they were down, I think, like 13. And I was like, all right, all right, here we go. Here we go. And then they would mess up again. Yeah. And, you know, Cleveland would score again. And it was just... Like it, it was just really frustrating for me, and I'm not even a Steelers fan, you know, because it, it's like you see this team and you know they're good, but they're playing like they're the Jets, you know, and it, it's just it was so frustrating watching that. Um, so going forward for for um, for Pittsburgh, Tomlin's not the problem. Tomlin is a, a great head coach, one of the I would say the best in that division, one of the best in the AFC. Tomlin is not the problem. Um, going forward, it's, you're going to have to get younger in some sports. Well, I, um, well, and that's the problem. It's hard to pinpoint the problem, I, I think, yeah. for me. Because I I keep going, it's been the problem. And I, and the, I think the Steelers, I think, have to begin the process of realizing we've got to transition away from Ben. We've got to find the guy. Yeah. Because we don't have the guy. Mason Rudolph is not the guy. Josh Do- Dobbs. I've been telling you that for the last know, three or I've, four I've, years, I've, man. I've known that. I've, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I've said it too. I've, I'm not a fan of Mason. I do not believe in Mason Rudolph. Like, and yeah. I think the Steelers are, are kind of wanting Mason to be the guy. And I'm like, no, Mason Rudolph is <laughs> not the guy. You know? Yeah. Um, and so there are, there's actually opportunities in this draft to find the guy, but then do you do an experiment like they did with Jordan Love? You know, does bringing a guy in the first round this year light up Ben a little bit to excel him? But at the same time, I mean, I think Ben is performing as well as his body will allow him to perform, you know? Um, And so I know that Ben knows that his time is coming to an end. You know, he's not mm-hmm. like he's he's, you know, you know, the reason that Brady has had the success he's he's had. As we've talked about it over and over again, is why why is Brady able to be? I think he's 43, right, Jamie? Brady's 43. So, yeah. yeah. 
why like why can Brady be playing like he is at 43? It's because he's had a line the his entire career. He's never had a bad offensive line. He's never taken yeah. huge sacks. You know, big when Big Ben came into this league, he didn't have a good line, but also Big Ben, he held on the ball way too long most of the time. His body went mm-hmm. through a different type of punishment compared to Tom Brady's body. You know, Tom has had yeah. one bad injury that he's come back from. Um, but on top of that, you know, his great line play. I mean, you look at those Patriot teams. There was, I mean, uh, besides Falk on the offensive side and Tom Brady, there was nothing that really scared you offensively until Randy Moss showed up, and they still didn't win the Super Bowl that year. So anyways, but the yeah. mileage is different, and I think Ben is starting to realize that. I think Pittsburgh is starting to realize that. Do you give Ben one more year? And I thought about that question, and I think – I think Ben has given himself the opportunity to come back next year because like you've mentioned, they're going to get some of their linebackers like, like a Devin, Devin Bush is going to make an incredible difference once he's back and healthy on this team. Um, yeah. And so uh, that, that was a good point that you brought up, um, you know, but now let's, let's start transitioning and looking at these two that are left. You know, the Browns are going to go in against the chiefs um, and Baltimore, um, we'll be playing uh, the Bills, uh, and then mm-hmm. this. Uh, um, so these are two great games, I, I, I think, coming up. Um, you know, I, I'm going to start with Baltimore Bills because that matchup to me is a is a little bit more muddier than I think the Chiefs Browns matchup is. And so, yeah. Um, I I'm not sure who I'm going with Baltimore Bills. I I still like the Bills. I've been on the Bills, and I think I'm going to take the bills to the AFC championship, but this Baltimore team, the last where I said Pittsburgh has been going one in five Baltimore's completely changed everything. They have gotten Lamar more comfortable. They've, they've done some things to where they've opened his running game up. And then that opened up the pass. And that's what the Ravens offense should always be. The Ravens offense should never lead with Lamar passing. And it's not that Lamar Mm. can't pass. It's his strength is run first and then pass. Get him some, get him some room to where the the you know a defense has to respect his run game. Uh, and so yeah. I I don't know. I I still I still like the Bills just because of their defense. I think you know um, I think the Bills have a little bit more speed compared to the Titans. I think the Titans had a, a pretty good defense for themselves. You know. But I think the Bills mm-hmm. offer more speed. I think they've got some better matchups. Um, listen, yeah. Josh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, that duo, and then the rest of that offense. I mean, they're clicking. Um, and like I've said, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if there's any team that would want to go up against them. So I, I'm still liking the Bills in this game. Yeah, I am. Um... I'm definitely for the Bills. Um, I think their defense has a way that. Their defense will have a way of um, making Jackson throw it. And if you can take that run away and if you can make him um, throw the ball, I don't think he can throw him throw the team to a win. Um, and I think the Bills defense um, is good enough um, to be able to force him to throw the ball. Um, and so if they can do that now, if you let Jackson and the Ravens just run all over you, yeah. you have no prayer. You're, 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 you're going to wear it. 
Um, they got to wear. Yeah. They've got to wear that defense out, like like they did against. Yeah. The, I mean, that's what I saw against the Titans is they just began to wear them out. It wasn't. It yeah. wasn't that it was super explosive because of, I think twenty one thirteen finish. It doesn't show you explosiveness. It just shows you them wearing them out more or less. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah i i but if if the ravens win time of possession they're probably going to win the game that's the thing you know and their defense is no slouch um they've no. got some um guys no. that will definitely slow down the bills you i mean look what they did to uh derrick henry they completely basically took him out of the game and they put it on Tannehill yeah to have to beat them and which for is smart that and, and yeah, we gotta do that yeah that's what the Chiefs did in the AFC Championship game. You know, Henry had like 60 yards rushing in the AFC Championship game. We made Tannehill try to beat us. And Tannehill, I mean, he's a good quarterback, no disrespect, but he's not the quarterback that's going to just go in and throw throw their team to a win. Yeah. And so, you know, if if the Ravens can key in on Allen um you're going to you're going to struggle cuz I don't think the running backs, I mean, they got Singletary, but I don't think they're, they're they don't have the running back that's going to take over that game like a Henry can. So they're they got to key in on Allen, and if they can make Allen have a bad day, then there's no reason Baltimore doesn't win this game. Yeah. But I think overall, I think the Bills are the better team, and they are more well rounded. Um, and I think that they're going to. I I wouldn't say the Bills are going to blow them out, but I would. I'm definitely thinking like a three point win. Definitely, who has the ball last kind of game. Yeah, so it's gonna be an interesting yeah, and game. Yeah, that's, that's what's good it's, for Baltimore. It's you know, I've I've never liked the fact you know, um, I mean, and part of it is true. Lamar has struggled in the bigger games, but also you know he's he was still young. I I think a lot of you know who is Lamar, you know, and I I think he's mm. he's you know, like I said, this this Baltimore team has trended in the at the right time. Um, unlike the Steelers, mm-hmm. you know, because you think about the Steelers team when they were on with Cower back in 06, I mean, they were a wild card team. They barely made it into the playoffs. But the reason I feel like they won that year is is solely based on everything clicked at the right time, you know? Yeah. And that's a little bit what's kind of happened to Baltimore. But unfortunately for them, it's happened to the Bills as well, you know, um, yeah. and the Browns are starting to heat up too. So, to me, this mm-hmm. this Chiefs Browns is really interesting, um, based on how the Chiefs will come out and prepare against them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I, I'm never gonna go against Mahomes, but if there's one team's running game that can really challenge this Chiefs team, is it's that. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I think that yep. is the biggest threat to this Chiefs team coming up against the Browns. Cause, you know, I I listen, I'm I haven't seen I, I know everybody's saying Baker's the guy, but I I'm still iffy on Baker. But Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I'm not iffy on those two <laughs> at no. all. Um and so you being the no. you know, like you said with me and my Steeler, what what are you hearing from when the chiefs and the fans coming into this game, man, there's a lot of mix. Um, a lot of chiefs fans are already, um, basically punching their ticket to the, 
AFC Championship game against the Bills, and I'm one of those take one step at a time kind of guy because Kareem and uh, Chubb definitely um, scare the daylights out of me because the Chiefs' defense is not the best running uh, defense. Um, and so it, it's basically, you know, if, if the Browns can win in time of possession, if they can keep Mahomes on the sideline, Browns are going to go to the AFC Championship. You know, and that's so crazy to say. Um, but at the same time, you know, the Chiefs, if the Chiefs do come out, and if they come out like last year and they can um, disrupt, like like I said, they 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 came out before the game and said, you know, Frank Clark said Derrick Henry's not hard to tackle. And everyone's like, oh, wow, yeah, okay. And then what they do? They, they stop Derrick Henry. So if the Chiefs can come out with that mentality – of you know what these guys are not that hard to tackle. They're not. They're not. They're good, but they're not unstoppable. And they just keep punching them in the mouth. The Chiefs are going to win this game. Yeah. You know, because um, the the Browns defense doesn't necessarily scare me. It's it's their offense, and so you know the Chiefs defense has to be on top of their game to limit Baker to shut down Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb limit the big explosive plays because you know if if there's gonna be explosive plays the browns are going to score touchdowns kareem hunt and nick chubb are going to have long runs they're going to score but if you limit those and you you and mahomes and the offense is on their game the Chiefs should win this game. I, I think they're they're eight point favorites at this point. Yeah. And you know, but you just got to limit the explosive plays. You can't make mistakes like the Steelers did. Yeah. You, know, and, you, you just got to play your game. And listen, I know that Andy has been saving stuff for this time for the playoffs time. Um. And listen, I mean, the play calling is always. And, you know, in the past couple of years has, has always looked different on the offensive side, you know. Uh, mm. But, it, you know, like that question comes in for me is um, will will this defense like they did last year be able to step up? Um, and mm. so um, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, you, you know, I, I, I think it would be interesting if if the Browns figure out a running game and if they get up on the Chiefs, like what happened last year, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think we'll ever see the twenty-four-zero or the tight, you know, what we saw from last year. You know, I don't, I don't think the Chiefs will ever, you know, come out that flat the first two quarters. You know, um, hope not. But, uh, but the the yeah the the Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb, man, that is that's a scary duo, and and Kareem like. Yeah. I guess I don't understand why Kareem Hunt so angry coming back to the Chiefs. It's kind of funny, you know, because he did that to himself. It's yeah, like, the Chiefs didn't want to get rid of you, man. Like that was that was totally yeah, on you, you, man. You you lied to the Chiefs. Yeah. Like if it would have been like the Tyree Kill situation where Tyree came out and was like, "No, this is what's happening. This is you know everything that's happened." He was honest and upfront, and that's why Hill is still on the team. Hunt thought he secured that that footage but someone had already sent it to TMZ and it blew up and so he was caught in a lie to the team yeah and then he 
it all went down and he was released 24 hours after uh, everything came out. And so, you know, yeah, I didn't understand, like, this is personal. Like, what? What's personal? You did that to you. Yeah. You know, the Chiefs had to do what was best for their organization. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I didn't understand I mean, the that. ethical question is, you know, I look more at the Browns at the ethical question of, you know, we're trying, you know, this league is quote unquote trying to uh, take a stand against any type of abuse. And then, you know, it, it doesn't seem yeah. that way in some cases, you know, and not to say like, I'm not trying, you know, whatever for Kareem Hunt. I'm just saying I don't understand the mentality of like I'm com- you don't have you don't have a any say in that. Like you did that to yourself. You yeah. know, it's every yeah. Chiefs fan like wanted you there. Like everybody yeah. wanted it to be Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Like, you know, it's not yeah. anyways. That was just a funny thing that that I found funny you know that he would even say yeah. that you know which you know if i'm a cheese fan i was like you i mean as a cheese player it's like you you did like you went against our team like it gives the cheese yeah. players fire like it might you know yeah. as you know and and we need to see the flank clark we need to see the playoff clark you know i don't yeah. i i i still don't understand him but hey in the playoffs he comes up big and so uh, that's yeah. the Clark that the Chiefs need to see, um, and then that goes for the five, entire D line, you know, against this Brown. Five sacks in the playoffs last yeah. year by Frank Clark. So, I mean, that's you know, that's what needs so. that's what needs to happen for him. So, um, mm-hmm. but that's a look at the AFC North, a division that look. I I think next year can be in very similar situation, you know, and I I think yeah, you know whether. Disagree or agree, they are they have some of the premier teams in this league. Um and it's impressive to get all to get three of your division teams in the a playoffs and a huge opportunity for one of these division teams to be uh represented in the AFC championship. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I still think it's it's gonna be Bill's Chiefs. Kinda hoping it's gonna be Bill's Chiefs because I I really yeah. like I mean, I I want the Chiefs to win. Like, you know, um, you know what's funny, Jamie? My dad was talking about like, um, you know, I, I'm a huge Alabama fan, Steeler fan, and so like I watch the Alabama games, but do you enjoy them? You know, do you? Yeah. You know, it's like you always have an ulcer. So, do you really enjoy it? Or are you just trying to get <laughs> through it? You know. And so like, yeah, but that's why I like watching the chiefs is like, I thoroughly enjoy watching the chiefs play like Mahomes play. Like I can't stop watching mm-hmm. it. So I'm very excited for the possibility of a bills chiefs matchup. I know that you aren't, I know you're just ready, <laughs> ready to get through this AFC. Cause I mean, honestly, this is, this is, I mean, to me, I don't know where you're at this playoff run, even starting with the bills and even the Baltimore, whoever comes out of that Baltimore bills. I think this is more of a challenging playoff run than it was last year. I don't know what your thought is on that. Yeah. I mean, um, Baltimore made has made it farther than what they did last year. Um, and, um, yeah, I would definitely agree. It's definitely more uh, challenging um, this year because, you know, like Baltimore and the Bills didn't make it this far last year. 
You know, we had Houston. Houston, which was no slouch. You know, that was a good team last year. Um, and then, you know, you've got Tennessee last year who was on top of their game and was looking unstoppable and had beat the Chiefs previously um, in the season. was actually their last loss of last season. Um, and so, you know, but yeah, definitely this playoff is more uh, challenging for the Chiefs. Um, I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the playoffs. Right. You know, but do they do they play to that level or do they do what the Chiefs well, do yeah. and um, play down I, to their I, uh, I don't competition? Think, I think I I don't think they can I don't think they can do a twenty four nothing game again and still kind of no you know you know they came back and won but they proved you know and then they they won by like twenty one points I I don't think you could. Mm. You could do I I mean I could see them coming from a twenty four zero, but it would still be a close game if that makes sense. Like yeah. I don't think you see that yeah. swing where it's like they beat them by twenty one after being down twenty four. You know I don't. Yeah, they don't have a Bill O'Brien to take his foot off the gas. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. Um, and so that leads us to uh, a lot of teams uh, this off season will be taking a look at their quarterback situations. Um, and we saw um, two of the high prospects play last night in the national championship. So that led me to this question because we've been kind of, I feel like leading up to this talk, um, who should, where should these uh, quarterbacks rank and where should they be taken at? So Jamie, I'm going to let you lead because you've kind of, You've kind of had me thinking about that question a lot here lately. I'll let you lead this off. So um, this is Trevor Lawrence's draft class. Um, there's no doubt uh, who Jacksonville is going to go uh, with their first pick. Um, but it's everything after that that I feel is um, kind of up in question. A lot of people will say Justin Fields is the next pick. Um, whether he goes to um, the Jets, whether he goes to um, Carolina. I feel like Carolina would be a good team uh, to grab Justin Fields personally. Um, but there's a lot of guys that I feel are worthy of ta- being taken in the first round this year. Now, um, you know, K- KJ uh, Costello, I feel like is a good middle-of-the-pack middle um, draft pick. Um, but you got, you got guys like Trey Lance, um, that, uh, a lot of people aren't talking about that should be talking about because, you know, you've got, you're in the same draft class as Trevor Lawrence. And so you're getting overshadowed by Trevor Lawrence, but, and, and I don't even think like this is, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, well, what are you talking about? I don't even think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the draft class. I think he um, has had the best years, but when we're in five years looking back on this draft class, there might be another quarterback that's kind of like the better, you know, that's won the more championships, that's won more games. Um, And for me, um, that is definitely going to be – I don't know why I keep coming back to him, but uh, Justin Fields – I feel like um, he's getting overshadowed by Trevor Lawrence, um, and I could see him going to Carolina um, and really just taking off and being really successful there for me. Um, 
but th- this is this is a really good quarterback draft class. I feel because, um, like you know, you got Mac Jones that um, I think he's not gonna be going the first round, but I definitely see him as a day two pick, um, and I could see him. Uh, unfortunately, if the Jets decide to wait, I could see him going to the Jets. Um, I, I hope he doesn't, um, just like I was hoping that Trevor Lawrence would not go to the Jets. Um, I wish the Jets would just run Wildcat and not have a quarterback at all so they could quit ruining their careers. Um, but yeah, this, this, this quarterback draft class, I think is one of the more, more underrated draft classes, um, that I've seen in a while. Um, cause a lot of people aren't talking about it. Um, but it's, it's definitely an interesting draft class. What, what are your thoughts on them? Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think when you, uh, it's an interest and I think I posed the question because it is an interesting, uh, selection of quarterbacks because I, I look at some of these guys and I'm like, you know, there, there's some years where I'm like, ah, oh, there's some potential, but I don't, I don't see it. It's kind of like the Josh Rosen, Jared Goff kind of thing, you know, where you're like, mm-hmm. but I, I think there's a lot more possibilities with the, with the guys we have. And the reason I is, is I, the championship told me one thing was I, I kind of cemented my feeling with Justin Fields and my feelings about Mac Jones have, have steadily, um, because I've always been big on Matt Jones this entire year, but now I've kind of gotten to the feeling, well, like why, why aren't we selecting him higher? You know? And, mm-hmm. and so that's the question that's been going on and on in, in my head, but obviously Tre- Trevor Lawrence, um, deservingly. So based on what he's shown in college, the Jacksonville would be, you know, foolish not to take him. I, you know, yeah. I kind of disagree with you on the Justin Fields thing. I haven't seen it, especially after watching last night. Is he he missed so much wide open shots? Yeah, you know. And I think when you have one complete game against Clemson, um, and then I've seen Trevor Lawrence tear apart a Nick Saban Alabama defensive team, like mm-hmm. that that speaks a lot more to me. You know. Because yeah. Justin Fields missed guys, and and he was just Justin Fields, um, you know, played behind Jake Fromm, like, mm-hmm. like Justin Fields is better than Jake Fromm, you know, but to to me, but he still played behind mm-hmm. him. That's why he transferred from Georgia to Ohio State. So I mean, they still didn't mm-hmm. see enough from Fields to like keep him in Georgia, you know. So that speaks yeah. a lot to me again. The other thing, as much as, um, you know, Alabama, you know, and I think Alabama, especially their running backs, got a lot of flack just based on Trent Richardson. But you look at all the Alabama running backs, I mean, they're doing really well now. I mean, Mark Ingram kind of found his own, you know, Derrick Henry, especially now everybody was saying Derrick Henry early on was a bust. Um, You know, but it's but to me Ohio State's uh, yeah I've got a I got a baby really talking and trying to agree with me 
Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, what are, what is the, you know, let's talk about the Ohio State quarterbacks. These yeah. Ohio State quarterbacks have been taken really high. And we talk about yeah. how good are they outside of their systems. Name mm-hmm. me one that has been good outside their system. You can't. Not really, you can't. no. You know? They've shown flashes, but that you that's can't. about it. That's Every flash. time they have been a bust. Like, yeah. and, and I feel like, is Justin Fields that much different from Dwayne Haskins? You know, that's that's where we that's and I don't see it. I don't see the huge difference between yeah. Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields based on the way that he's played. Now, yeah. I give maybe a slight edge to him. I, I don't even I don't even know that maybe a slight edge because of Justin Fields previous previous year before this year um, really ended yeah. that year well. And so I think he's a little bit of a better decision maker than Dwayne Haskins was, but Hey, I, I like Dwayne. I really was big on Dwayne Haskins exiting college. Like I, I thought he fell yeah. too far and, and all this stuff, but there, like, like I said, there hasn't been an Ohio state quarterback, uh, that, um, that has not been really a bust here in re- recent years. So that being yeah. said, um, you know, Mac Jones has constantly little by little been given credit. I mean, like mm-hmm. Mac Jones has been, it's so interesting because he's like, <laughs> he was like one guy I got. Yeah. You're hearing the baby in the background. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to give in some arguments too. Um, <laughs> he's the one guy that has been steadily, steadily increasing his stock. Um, and, and I mm. watched last night games, Jamie, he completed 33 passes, the most yeah. in any championship game, 30, 33. Like yeah. that's insane. Like I don't, and he didn't, and Mac Jones didn't even have better weapons than Tua had. You think about yeah. what Jalen Hurts and Tua had, they had Jerry Judy, yeah. they had Devonte, they had rugs, they had all of mm-hmm. them. And, yeah. and, and then I, you know, so I'm, you know, after I keep thinking about Mac Jones, I'd be man, I'd be like, it's hard not to take Mac Jones early, like yeah. um, his his draft stock went way up after the championship game, because Devont so Devonte goes down, they're bringing in multiple different wide receivers. He's still throwing it around, like he's yeah. it's not like, I mean Devonte was special in that game. Don't get me wrong, last night. But Mac Jones was on. Like, he did not yeah. miss anything. And when you talk yeah. about guys and pressure moments, I mean, he's been clutch all year round. So, um, you know, I and, – and, you know, we talk about Brady's footwork. You look at Mac Jones' footwork, uh, being able mm-hmm. to move in the pocket, um, his accuracy. Um, man, I uh, – you know, after Trevor Lawrence, this becomes a big question for me. And yeah, you know, everybody is liking, and I agree. Uh, Trey Lance from North Dakota State, good player. You know, you got Zach mm-hmm. Wilson from BYU. Um, mm-hmm. But you look at the the year that Matt Jones put together. 
Now he put up. Mm-hmm. I think he had Devonte, and that was about it. You know, and and he had a better year than Burrow. You know, so yeah. I, I think teams are very hesitant because Matt Jones looks. He doesn't look like a Justin Fields. You know, yeah. he doesn't look like a Trevor. Yeah. He's not as athletic. You know. He's not the sexy pick. Yes, exactly. And know? that's their problem with Devontae Smith because he's a twig mm-hmm. running around. But somehow this twig yeah. is our, you know, does incredible things. Like I don't, I, yeah. you know, and, and so um, that's the struggle people are having with Mac. Uh, but man, you, you look at this year he's put together. I mean, he did it yeah. with multiple different wide receivers um, with, you know, I like Minchie and Billingsley for Alabama, but they aren't a Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs, you know? No. And so, I don't know. So, to me, I I got to tell you, I'm after last night's game, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how other people see it, but I like Mac Jones right after Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I don't, you know. I I... I think, like, the scenario that I see playing out, I, I still say that he's going to be a day-two pick. But a, an interesting scenario that I see playing uh, out he's day is, one. Him, is... He's going day one. You think he's, he's going day one? You think one. he's day one? He's going day one. An interesting se- selection that I would I would love to see Mac Jones in is if he falls to later um, in, the, in the rear end of the first round and he and the Saints pick him. If the Saints take Mac Jones and then Breeze comes back next year, he has that one year to sit behind Breeze and learn from Breeze and then take over, I think that would be an excellent situation for Mac Jones. Yeah. With that coach, those uh, with Michael Thomas, right. I think that would be a great situation for Mac Jones. Yeah. I don't see him going in the top five or even the top 15, though. Yeah, I, just because no, I, he no, is I, I not don't see eye that, candy. But I think in the later first round, I think he has a huge chance to go. I mean, to yeah. a team, maybe like, you know, a Bears team, maybe even like a Steelers, you know? Um, yeah. I, because I'm like trying to give reasons why he shouldn't be drafted high. The only reason I can think of is he had an extremely good offensive line. Like I, I will, you yeah. know, that's he's probably that the offensive line play for Alabama has been one of the best offensive lines I've ever seen play. Like that's how mm-hmm. good they were. Um, but you know, you look at, you know, skill players outside of that. I, I think previous quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts or Tua had better skill players. Um, uh, you know, yeah. more, more skill players, you know? Uh, yeah. so, you know, I, but he's just, he's just really quick. He's a quick decision maker. Um, and that's what you need in the NFL, you know, yeah. um, is somebody who can quickly make these decisions. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, I know Mahomes is more athletic than Mac Jones, but part of the reason he's so great and any of these quarterbacks are so great is how quick they can make these decisions. Um, and that's what yeah. I opened with about with Joe Burrow, you know, uh, yeah. And so, but yeah, I, I think this quarterback class has actually turned out to be a really good one. It had already been a good one with mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence because let's face it, it's like another Andrew Luck year. 
it'd be really hard for him mm. to kind of be a bust coming out. I don't really see that for him. Yeah. I, 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 I don't see I, it. You know, not at all. And I, I think he's clearly number one. Uh, Jacksonville would be super foolish not to take him. Um, and, you know, but there, there's a lot of, you know, other possibilities for other teams for these quarterbacks. And like I said, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, um, Ian Book, uh, Sam Ellinger. I mean, there's a lot of great quarterbacks coming out, you know, that are going to be solid, possible, sol- definitely solid backups, but definitely have potential to being franchise players, you know. Uh, you yeah. Because like I said, I, I think of Sam Ellinger, uh, who you can pick up in the third round and maybe make him into something. Right, Jaya? My fussy baby. Sam Ellinger is an interesting pick for me. Um, I I was watching a Texas game, and he reminds me a lot of Taysom Hill. I would like to see him go to an offense where he could um, be a part of the receiving core, the rushing, and all that, like Taysom Hill. Yeah. I think that would be really interesting for him. I don't see him as a full full like starter quarterback, but I could see him as a Taysom Hill, just kind of a gadget player. Um, and I think with the ta- with success that Taysom Hill's had, I think you're going to see more teams start to do that. You know, just find a really athletic quarterback that can do it all when you need him to, but just kind of a gadget player. And I, I can, I, I would love to see Sam Ellinger do that. Yeah. Um, I was, I was kind of liking him going to the Chiefs, honestly. Yeah. And just like him being the Taysom Hill for the Chiefs. Yeah. But and yeah, you know some uh, it's it's an interesting class. Yeah, I mean, sure. and, and the other Heisman finalist that we didn't even talk about was Kyle Trask. Um, yeah, you know, um, I, I think you know it'll be interesting to see where he falls. Um, and listen, we got Kellen, Kellen Mond from Texas A and M, mm-hmm. another good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting where because I think there's a lot of value in the later rounds. You know, there's a lot of good quarterbacks that are going to be available to you in the later rounds. So that's what's going to be interesting. It's kind of like Philadelphia with, you know, being able to pick up Jalen in the second round. You know, I think yeah. you can maybe find, a you know, something like that in this in this year's draft. But, yeah, no, I, I, I would say yeah. um, my question to you would be because Trask and Mac Jones have been compared so much this year. If if you had to decide who would you take, would you take Kyle Trask or Mac Jones? I'd take Mac Jones. Uh Mac Mac Jones based on um experience. Um he's been in the big game. Um he's had that pressure. Um he's, you know, Alabama, just being at Alabama, period, uh, there's pressure with that. And so he's already proven that he can step in. He can um because before the season I had no idea who that was. I had no idea who Mac Jones was, and he stepped into that starting role after uh, Tua, and you know the pressure of just being an Alabama player period is high. So you have a quarterback that can deal with that pressure, and then as we saw yesterday, playing the biggest game of his career and against uh, you know a good team, you know Ohio State's a good team. And outplay them completely. Yeah, he was and dimes. He, you know, this <laughs> is dimes. <laughs> you know, Justin Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields uh, behind Trevor Lawrence. You know, the the vast majority of people that look at these draft classes have Fields right behind Trevor Lawrence. We don't have Mac Jones on high on these lists. 
he outperformed what a lot of people believe is the second best quarterback in this class. Outperformed him. Yeah. And so you have you have that experience. You have the championship experience. I would love to see him go not be a day one starter, but see him, like I said, go to the Saints and sit a year and and then learn and then Man, I think he could be yeah. something really special in the NFL. Yeah, if he is taught by the right yeah. coach. Yeah, and now I get We've what you're saying. A lot by, of good quarterbacks when you, get when you said day coaches. one before, were you meaning draft like first round day one? Or are you talking about starter? Like draft first. Oh, okay, round. Okay, that's what you did mean. Okay, yeah, because I, I yeah I was thinking like a day two, as in. The second or third yeah. round. No, I yeah, I, I think Mac Jones is going the first round. I mean, based on last night, okay. I mean, you, you've, I mean, and these, I, I, yeah, if I'm a GM, man, 20, 23 through 32, even if he mm-hmm. is your backup, you've got, based on what he's done, I, man, mm-hmm. you've got to give him that shot. Like, yeah. That accuracy, that decision making, that pocket presence—I mean, that alone. I know that he's—he's not—he's not a runner. I mean, I know we know that, yeah. you know. But he dropping dimes. I mean, drop mm-hmm. just absolutely making perfect throws, and that's yeah. You've got to say something for that, you know. I mean, you you can win games like that, you know. It's not that you can't, you know, can't win games like that. So. <laughs> I mean, the the NFL is kind of moving away from those quarterbacks, though, just those pocket passers. And I think that could hurt him because, I mean, in today's NFL, how many guys can't do both? Yeah. And and but but here's the deal, too. I mean, it could be going, you know, to me, it's also could be going a little bit the opposite way because um, and I'll and I'll get that probably a little. I'll speak into this probably in our next segment. But um I think it could come back to being more pocket presence, you know, type passers mm-hmm. because like the most successful quarterback in our league is Patrick Mahomes. And he's, he's, and, and I would say his strength is his arm passing, you know, yeah. um, he's, he yeah. obviously can make things somewhat happen with his legs, but his, his legs aren't his strength. He's, he's, you know, I love how he says he's fast enough, you know, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Like, you know, and so I, but like I said, I'll, I'll, I, I got a couple points, you know, in our next segment that I was going to make. So, but, uh, okay. but yeah, just, uh, I, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft that big, you know, led by Trevor Lawrence. Um, and so Jacksonville should be feeling pretty good where they're at. Um, yeah. you know, some talks that the Jets after last night games actually, Devontae Smith to the Jets. I don't think the Jets need to be doing that as their second pick, you know, uh, but, you know, rebuilding it. But anyways, a lot of good quarterbacks. Uh, now we're moving yes. on to finish up our talk for today is the best and worst things that we saw over the past week. Um, so, Jamie, I'm going to start with what was the best thing that you saw over this past week? Best thing I saw was Alabama, man. Um, if there's one team that I hate, as a Miami Hurricane fan, more than uh, Florida State, it's Ohio State. And whenever you put in Ohio State into the playoffs and they don't deserve to be in the playoffs, um, that makes me hate them more. So I was a big Bama fan last night, and seeing them put up 50 
on Ohio State in a dominant fashion. I was surprised that uh, Ohio or Ohio State was even able to score 24. Um, I would have liked to see them score less, but um, I just I really enjoyed football last night because I think that was Bama saying these guys didn't belong here, and we're gonna show you why. And they they completely dismantled Ohio State, made them look foolish. And um, I I just as a football fan and as someone that hates Ohio State, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Just just really really enjoyed it. So that was my best um, Alabama. Thank you. You know Saban is probably the greatest head coach in college football history, um, and it's just it's great. It's great. Love it. That was my best. Yeah, and obviously my best is going to be the same. Um, you know, <laughs> I uh, I've really enjoyed watching this team play. Um, and what I love about this Alabama team in particular is kind of what Saban said is just the way that they were focused every game. Uh, because, listen, every, every team in the SEC is you're going to get the best shot from everybody, right? I mean, yeah. every, every game, if, if you can beat Bama, that's your national championship. I mean, that's what it's yeah. gotten to. So to go 13-0, and 0, to go unbeaten in the SEC um, is, is the biggest accomplishment that any team has made, you know? Um, yeah. And, and um, but what I loved about this team is just, you know, at the end, you could just see like they were a team, like they cared about one another. They, they like genuinely yeah. loved one another and wanted best for one another. And they genuinely wanted to be there. Like, yeah, like Jalen Waddle is like hobbling around, but he wants to play in this game so bad, you know, he's not thinking yeah. about, you know, what the NFL life will be like, you know, he's hobbling around, you know, you know, you yeah. look at Devonte Smith, he's got hurt with the finger injury and he can't stop watching the game. He, he like, if you yeah. watch the clips of his face, he's just hurting because he wants to be out there with his team. Landon Dickerson, who had an ACL to his knee is out there in the, you know, out there on the coin toss, he's fully dressed out. Like this, mm-hmm. this Alabama team was all about each other, and so I think yeah. any football fan can truly appreciate that. Like they, yeah. there, there is nobody who's going to defeat us tonight. Like, how does how does Alabama have that mentality? You know, when you've been champions years after years, and you still come out with the mentality. That, that 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 nobody believes in us. We're a team. We're gonna fight for each other. Like that's like mm-hmm. that's why I turned, looked at my dad. I was like, I didn't expect Alabama to be more ready. Like like just emotionally, mentally, just everything from the get go. I mean, they were there, you know. And so that's a testament yeah. to that team. It's a testament to Nick Saban. Um, but man, it, like. There was nothing about, you know, and that's where they've been. You know, they've had a couple of close calls, you know, this season. But, you know, especially this offense. This offense has just time and time again just kept, you know, 
they are just going to score basically on every possession. It's so impressive mm-hmm. to see what that offense was able to do. Uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, one of my points I was going to make was his the play calling for Alabama was phenomenal. Just the mm-hmm. the plays that they created, the space that they got Devontae into, like there was they I mean, Ohio State was trying everything and they couldn't figure out Sarkeesian. Like, um mm-hmm. and it, it makes me um wonder, you know, we see this from offensives nowadays where you are just you are moving players to find open space. That was Alabama's playbook. It was it's about getting open spaces. It's not necessarily, you know, finding the right routes or whatever. It's about creating open spaces. And so what I think, you know, defenses need to look forward to is how can we distract offenses to make them play into positions we want to play into, you know, just like they're doing mm. on offenses. How can we confuse offenses more? Because let, let's face it, I mean, you know, Alabama's defense, you know, in this day and age, I know a lot of people said it wasn't a good defense, you know, and, and I, w- I won't say at all that that was their best defense, but you look at what they were able to do in this day and age, um, it, you know, defenses have so, you know, uh, are so regulated in what they're able to do. Um, but I think moving forward, defensive philosophy wise is how can you pressure teams? How can defense pressure like quarterbacks and running backs to get them into situations where defenses want you to be in? So how can you trick offenses into that? Just like Steve Car- Sarkeesian yeah. was tricking the defense to get that open space. So you've got to relook at how defense is played. And so that's what's going to mm-hmm. be interesting moving forward in college football. That was one thing that I also learned from from last night is defense is going to have to be played completely different than when Nick Saban won his first national championship, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but all that being said, it's just um, – this, you know, it, you know, uh, I, it was, you know, definitely was tearing up because, you know, I loved when Landon Dickerson came in, uh, for his, those last couple snacks, the uh, snacks, snaps. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, that the whole team was just hugging him as he was coming in. I mean, that just, I mean, that just shows you that brotherhood of a team to go through COVID together, um, to where you've had all these, you know, unknowns and unknown circumstances day in and day out, you know, and just to, to be mm-hmm. a team. Um, it's just, you know, I like so proud of to be an Alabama fan, like obviously, but just to say like, that's, that's my Alabama team. Like I've never been more proud yeah. just to be like, that's, that's my team. Like, you know, because mm. they, they played like brothers out there, you know, it looked like remind me of like Friday night lights, you know, and I yeah. think that's what Saban loved as well, you know, is that they had that chemistry, you know. And so uh, because you just look at the sidelines for Alabama, I mean, they were cheering, they were coached, they were they were all in it. And then I looked at Ohio State, and they're kind of bummed out from, you know, when they started getting down more and more. So, I mean, um, yeah, just, yeah, definitely my favorite thing, uh, you know, uh, that, that I saw. So, yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting is, you know, last year when we saw LSU, we were thinking best team ever, 
Um, and so, so I won't have such a biased opinion, but you know, based on this year and last year, Jamie, um, where do you rank this Alabama team? Man, definitely a top five, uh, top five. Uh-uh. I, I'm incredibly biased. I don't think there will ever be a team that can beat, um, the O one hurricanes. Um, but they're definitely a top five. De- they're a top five based on what you just said. Um, chemistry, you know, um, is this a team that could go and beat the, you know, the Vince Young led Longhorns? Is this a team that can go and beat the Reggie Bush USC team with Matt Liner? Maybe. Um, but just based on chemistry and your your leadership, your your coach, um, and skill. I this is a top five all time uh, team, you know. And it, it it was definitely really magical watching them play last night because I haven't I've maybe before this I watched maybe two or three games, so I I I've you know not seen everything like you have, but just from watching that game last night. This is a good – that was a good team. Um, and uh, Alabama's going to have more good teams. Like, that's just Alabama. But this team was special. You know, yeah. the, it was um, just from top to bottom. It was a special team. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely in top five. Well, what's huge to me is just um, playing a full-on SEC schedule. Um, that's That's the biggest mm-hmm. distinguishing mark, in my opinion, based on any other team is to to have that kind of schedule um and go 13 and 0 um and mm-hmm. you know having you know having no pay to plays you know on your schedule you know um yeah and then you just look at the hardware that all this team took home i mean they almost won every offensive position they basically took home a trophy you know i mean that's yeah. that's pretty powerful too you know and so mm-hmm. um and you know having two Heisman finalists, um, and so yeah, that's uh, you know based on that, you know my biased opinion. Like I love how like LSU's like, ha, ah, we just had the best year ever, and then Alabama's like, hey, wait a second, and then they're like, you know, come yeah. out in twenty twenty. Uh, but uh, yeah, just just such a such a great team, and uh, that's what I always remember. Just played for each other. They just played for each other, yep. you know, and so. Um, and that's, you know, I think, I think Jalen and Tua, you know, have helped build that culture. You know, I saw it in some of those teams yep. and it kind of came to completion last night with just, we are a team. We're playing for one another and they were bought in. So it was great. Um, so moving yep. on to our worst thing, man, we're, we're already an hour in, uh, moving into our worst thing. So, um, it was, I was about to, you know, get, get all over Pittsburgh and you may be going to get all over Pittsburgh, but man, <laughs> I need to just vent at these Philadelphia Eagles, man. I cannot believe what has just happened in Philadelphia. And I know we talked a little bit about it, but now you fire mm-hmm. Peterson. Like you have yep. just picked Carson Wentz over Peterson. Like, the guy three years removed, he just, you had never been to a Super Bowl. And then the owner comes out and said, listen, based on one of our bars, he shouldn't have been fired. Like, 
like he the owner literally came out and said well on some standards and some evaluations he shouldn't have shouldn't have been fired like that's just crazy talk to me there is no you can't just yeah. smartly maneuver like saying big fans evaluate this like no you made us like a stupid decision here like for real though yeah. like um and mm -hmm. that's why i can like hang my hat on like being a part of an ownership like the Roonies. Like you've had three Steeler coaches from the seven. Like this, this is you've got to give guys time. Good lord. Yeah. I mean, and then to say it's on Peterson, like this is craziness to me. You know. Um. And, and uh, this, and now when, like you've literally said we're going with Carson Wentz when literally Jalen Hurts had looked better than Carson Wentz at the end of this season. Like, I don't know if there's yep. anybody who could, could deny that Jalen Hurts looked better than Carson Wentz this season. Like, there, I, I, you know, and and then, uh, and then Roseman, their GM, just get away from some of the things that he's been a part of. Um, and it's it's crazy that the fall guy was peterson you know yeah. um and look i i think some of what peterson like what's crazy is that the lasting memory or maybe ownership like wondering like why he took jalen hurts out was you know and all these questions you know like um you know i i think what you were probably going to end up saying when is the right time though like, do you keep going on with the Peterson project? I'm like, yes, you do. I mean, for me, because it's just been three years removed, you know? Yep. Um, and this is, yep. this is, I mean, from what I understand from Philadelphia fans, they didn't even want Peterson to be fired, you know? I'm seeing mixed. There's you know? some that are, are for but, it, and then I'm seeing some that are for, uh, against it. But, Jamie, it. Let's, let's think about this, too. There were 13 offensive line changes this year 13 yeah. like that explains a 4 and 11 record it does yeah it does you you, you cannot yeah. you cannot have 13 offensive line changes there's injury mm -hmm. problems there's culture problems Carson Wentz putting himself on inactive when he can still play is a problem mm -hmm. with the culture mm -hmm. like Making Peterson the scapegoat this year does not make any sense whatsoever. I, nope. And I say, I say two years. I, I would have given Peterson two more years. I really would have. Yeah. Because that Super Bowl should have at least bought him one more. Yeah. At least. Um, and like, like I'm, I want Andy Reid to go back and maybe pick him up. Like maybe re you know, rehabilitate him, send him off again. You know, I mean, that would be, I think the Chiefs would maybe welcome that, you know. If Biennemi gets a head coaching job, I can see Peterson coming back. So, um, but they also have Mike Kafka uh, at quarterback, who's uh, supposedly um, the quarterback coach, um, who is supposedly a um, leading candidate to be the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Um, but I, I would love to see Peterson come back um, and work with Mahomes again for at least another year and then send him back to another team to appreciate him. Cause he's a good coach. Yeah. I, uh, I, he's, he's a good coach. Well, he did that. Year, it don't make sense. Well, he did that year um, to win a super bowl was some of the best coaching that I've ever seen. 
Yeah. Like the like there's a lot of issues with this Eagle team and and to not give Peterson a chance to come back and part I guess part of the discussion was that they didn't believe in the recovery plan for him. But then you have the owner coming out based on what his coach had done for this team. He didn't deserve to be fired, but you still fire him. Like, does does yeah. that quote make sense? No. So, I mean, uh, you know, and, and so, I, you know, I was all over the Bill O'Brien thing because, you know, I think a little bit of Bill O'Brien, the only reason I didn't think Bill O'Brien deserved to be fired was because you put all stock in his plan and then you don't yeah. allow him to, you know, you like, you know, you fire him before the plan is complete. Now, what have I ever put Bill O'Brien in that position? No, I would have probably no. fired him after that Houston game. Like, like, cause nobody yeah. on that team liked him, you know, but then you elevated yeah. him and then, then you don't give the guy to time to see if if his plan may or may not work out. The other reason mm-hmm. that nobody's been talking about Jamie, in my opinion, is this is also COVID year. You know, yeah. these coaches are having to deal with things that they've never had to deal with before, and so yeah. that should be in the eval quote unquote the in- evaluation as well. You know, yeah. um, is that all these coaches are facing a a thing that you know, that they didn't ever, none of us ever expected to see, you know, but what's crazy is yeah. like the injuries that they still had opportunities to even make the playoff in the last five weeks of the season still had opportunities to make the playoffs, you know? And so mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I think you've got to give a guy who I think there's even a statue of him in Philadelphia, you know, um, you've got to give him a, You've got to give him a, a, to me, I, I saw two more years because I thought, you know, yeah. next year would be kind of putting the pieces back together. And then the following year would really be like, okay, where's Peterson and this team at, you know? Yeah. And so you've got to give, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's COVID year. You've got to, you got to put those in the factors as well. So um, mm-hmm. I, and I guess what's happening is there's such a big divide on where they wanted to see this team moving forward, especially like with the Carson Wentz. But it boggles mm-hmm. my mind. <laughs> it boggles my mind. Did you have any thoughts? Yeah. I know I was on my soapbox for like 10 minutes there. No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, no, I, I echo everything you said. Um, that that move made no sense at all. Um, he should have at least got another year, um, two more. Um, would have been great to see what his overall plan would have been. Um, but for me, for my dislike uh, of last week, there's a lot of things. I thought about tearing down the Steelers um, and you know making fun of their cream puff schedule and then how they go like one and one and five in their season after going 11 and 0 but decided not i didn't want to do that uh then i wanted to i thought about talking about houston and how um they're kind of looking at trading deshaun watson and not listening to his suggestions um not uh at least interviewing eric b um but you know then decided not to do that so i i narrowed down on seattle um seattle how 
how did Seattle go from Russell Wilson being the runaway MVP to then losing to a lesser team in the wild card? Like, what is going on in Seattle? Like, it, it don't it just looking at that team overall, it doesn't make any sense why they are not still in the playoffs. Yeah. Why isn't Russell being considered for the MVP anymore? You know, where what what does this team need to do? Because they have a good wide receiver. They have one of the best quarterbacks. They have a good head coach. They have a great fan base. They have all this stuff, but they underperform. And, and I don't get it. Like, I don't see where that disconnect is for me. Um, and so, like, I've just been thinking about it. Like, what do they need to do to get back to the Super Bowl? And and the thing is, is I can't find anything. I can't find a reason why they're not. And I can't find a reason that will get them back to it. Because they're a good team. They're they're one of the best in the NFC. They're a threat to the Saints. They're a threat to Green Bay. They're a threat to everybody in that conference and to anybody in the AFC because of who they are. And yet they always just seem to underperform. Great regular season, blow blew up real early, only to just slide when it mattered. Yeah. It didn't make sense to me. It it, it really didn't. Yeah. And I, I just don't see what is going wrong there. You yeah, know? I think some of, I mean, what I, when I was watching some of that game was, it, it's kind of like they wanted a lot, like they wanted a big play almost every other play. Like, I think that's what mm-hmm. Seattle kind of hanged their hat on. Because, I mean, look, you got a freak athlete like DK Medcalf, you're just like, he, you know, he'll get open, but he got another freak yeah. athlete on the other side, you know, Jalen Ramsey. And when he's fired up, ready to play, um, he's one of, he's one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league when he wants to be, um, yeah. you know, and so I, I thought that's what they ran into as well. Uh, because nothing like, you know, I, I don't think Seattle's defense is definitely wasn't where when they won the Super Bowl. it's not that defense. It's not that culture anymore. Um, no. you know, but I, I, and then also, you know, Aaron Donald and company did get a lot of pressure to Russell Wilson in that front. Um, and you know, yeah. LA's front, you know, their front four have got a, you know, they started off pretty, pretty weak, but now they trended right, especially on the defensive side with Aaron Donald and a, mm-hmm. and a couple of the, I forget some of the other. Uh, linemen, but they were getting a lot of pressure to Russell in that game. Um, but I just, I just felt like, you know, they were just waiting on something big to happen downfield because that had always happened for Seattle. In most Seattle yeah. games, they usually have a breakout play, and uh, I don't know if that's part of the philosophy for Pete Carroll just to have, you know, the that kind of. Uh, you know, you always want a big play, but Seattle in particular is always just like trying these shots. But, it, it, you know, um, but also, you know, the little bit that I did watch, a lot of wide receivers were just dropping passes. And so there's yep. not a lot that Russell can do if, if you're dropping the ball. So, I mean, 
that would be yeah. my sometimes the DK Medcalf when I watch him is he he drops some of the balls that are the easiest to catch and then he catches the hardest ones to catch. You know, he's that kind of guy sometimes. Yeah. So um they were just flat to me in this LA game. Um but you know, I, I, I think it's it's Seattle looking on we probably need to invest in more linemen and then figuring out if we can get, you know, you know, because Carson's okay. He's not great, but if they can find yeah. a more of a dynamic in the in the running game, um, I think Seattle would benefit from that. And then figuring out what they need to plug in on the defensive side. But I, I agree with you. They came out, that was not the Seattle like because Seattle in years past, they always were the team ready. Like they were coming out yeah. pumped up, ready to go. And and listen, maybe mm-hmm. that's a tribute to the you know, the legion of, you know, the whole the twelfth man not being there. I mean, mm. yeah. you know, Seattle, you know, is a team that really feeds off their crowd. Um, more so mm-hmm. I believe than other teams do. You know? Um, and so um and and so yeah, I think the mental side for these players, um, because you're playing in a quiet stadium. Um, and so I, I yeah. it's, it's a lot tougher in that regard, you know, because when you go to the home of the twelfth man in years past, it's it's hard getting calls out and everything going on, you know. So, yeah, not having that crowd there, I think, you know, the same thing could be said for the Chiefs. Uh, not having your mm-hmm. crowd there, uh, it's, it's a huge difference. Um, it's a difference yeah. maker, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I want to, you know, when I talked about trending in the right direction, you know, Seattle's another team that trended in the wrong decision here in the late part of the season, you know. So looking at yeah. you know in that way too, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. It was it was weird seeing a flat Seattle. So yeah, um, but look, yeah. we got a lot of great games uh, coming up this weekend. You got the old guys playing. You got Drew Brees and Tom going at it once again. So that should be a lot of fun. We'll see what Mahomes and company mm-hmm. will be able to do against the Browns. We got Bills and Baltimore. That will be a fun, exciting game. Um, and then I think it's L.A. and Packers, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at that bad man from Green Bay looking to get it done against the L.A. Rams. So we'll see. We'll see how the Packers do against that front seven, Jamie. Yeah. Because uh, if they yeah. have any success like they did against Seattle, I mean, Aaron Rodgers may be in the similar situation, and and we may be yeah. seeing a magical run from the L.A. Rams again. <laughs> that would be crazy. Crazy, and then we get a repeat of the L.A. the Chiefs game. I don't think it would ever be that much fun, but uh, oh my gosh, no yeah. way! <laughs> I, yeah, I always go back. That was a fun game, but I know the Chiefs lost, but it was a yeah. fun game. Um, but anyways, yeah. got a lot of playoff football coming up this weekend, so uh, that's what we'll be talking about next week. So you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Um, and as always, let us know if there's anything that you guys want us to talk about. Uh, join in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you think these quarterbacks rank um, in this upcoming draft? Um, what do you think about Peterson being fi- fired? So let us know what you guys are thinking. Yeah. So um, that is it for our show today. Have a great rest of your week.